Hey everybody, welcome to our very first episode of Somewhat Controlled Chaos. I'm Jessica. And I'm Michelle. And we wanted to start this podcast to open up a conversation about mental health and share some of our life experiences with you all. Um, Michelle is in the mental health field, so she has lots of knowledge on this stuff, and I've got lots of stories to tell. Uh, We met in college and became best friends for life pretty quickly. Um, I hope that we can entertain you all and make some great friends along the way. We thought it would be a good idea to start each episode off with a couple of questions for you to get to know us a little better before we dig into the topic of the week. So Michelle, what's your favorite way to spend a day off? Uh, so, I like playing video games, I like reading, I like browsing the internets and memes, uh, and I like to have, like, spa days where I take baths and do lazy stuff. Heck yeah, self-care. I probably would say I like to do all of those things, too, um, but I also like to go out and, and hike sometimes if the weather's right, or... You know, just Mm kind of go shopping or just go out and do things. Take little adventures here and there. I love to travel, too. That would be great to do a little more traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, with COVID and everything, that's... Thanks, COVID. (laughs) Thanks, COVID. Uh, And then another question I have is, what's your favorite season and why? Yeah, so... Basically, how I rolled out is I hate winter and I hate the summer just because I always am like way too hot, way too cold. The fall and the spring are perfect and like nature is real freaking pretty around those times. And I am the complete opposite. Uh, I like it hot. I would rather it be summer (laughs) all year round. (laughs) I hate the cold. I hate the gray, which is funny because I live in Washington, uh, which it's gray 90% of the time. Um, But yeah, I really like the summer. And I like, like I said, I like to get out and, and do things. And it seems like it's easier to do that when it's hot outside. Bring on the heat. Mm-hmm. But not humidity because yeah we've been we've been I pretty hot this year too with right the, yeah I don't like the the humidity though the thick air and the heat no no thank you give me some dry heat mm. yeah anyway so our topic today is anxiety and Michelle's gonna bring some stuff and yeah we're anxious because this is our first podcast but you know we're here we're we're trying we're doing our best it's what matters we we had some hiccups along the way so now we're finally here and it also took us an hour to get this set up but we're thanks to technology challenges but yep we made it here we we are yeah so so this week we're going to talk about anxiety and stress um so just to start us off um, I want to just clarify, I see stress and anxiety as different. Um, I mean, like, it, I'm pretty anxious just beginning this podcast, so I can only imagine, like, people who are on, like, Twitch or Instagram or even celebrities and how exhausting and stressful it is for them. So it's it's interesting that this is uh, quite our topic today. 
Um, but I think that it might get easier for us. Don't you think we'd, we'll get in a I, groove? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it just takes practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to start out with the question. What stresses you out, Jessica? Oh, man. What doesn't stress me out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got your normal uh, work. Work is stressful for me. I'd say that's one of my major stressors is just trying to get through the day every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're dealing with family stressor. I, there, there's so many stressors in, in everybody's lives. Family, uh, keeping friendships going and making sure that they're not uh, upset with you, or, you know, mm-hmm. and maintaining uh, those relationships. Right, right. Um and then, you know, bills, money, making sure that everything is... Adult is, responsibilities. Right. Who decided that we got to grow up? We, I know, I don't right? want to do this. I, I don't want to be do kid this forever. anymore. <laughs> How dare they let us grow up. Right. Dude. Uh, so I was going to say, for me, I, I was just thinking of an example for stress. Is like, when I'm at work and I have, like, a giant pile of to-do things... And I'm, like, already stressed because I'm trying to make a dent in this. And then a boss, like, will walk in and be like, hey, can you do this within this really short timeline? And oh, then, yeah. like, I just immediately am, like, I'm just going to jump out my office window right now because this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But don't worry. It's one story building, so it's, it's not much damage. <laughs> yes. Like, you have your to-do list for the day, right? And then sometimes my door at work is like a revolving door and it's all of these people asking me hey can we do this can we do this and it's great I I love to feel needed like that that's a great (laughs) feeling however my to-do list gets longer and longer and longer and then Mm -hmm. I get more and more stressed so yes the one-story building jump out the window that sounds like a great plan to me (laughs) see I'm out bye right (laughs) no you're but I've also been on the other end where I'm like the boss and then I walk into like somebody else and I give them a task. And what always gets me is like I have a, a coworker in particular who's just like really, really, really good at just like silently giving me like the freaking glaring like daggers look. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> So do you ever have to give people tasks or anything like that yeah, and so cause them I've, anxiety? <laughs> I have recently, uh, well, not recently. I guess I've been in a, a supervisor or manager position now for a little over a year. And um, I I would have to say when I first started, it was really hard to give, to delegate tasks. One, because I have a hard time trusting that other people will get it done and get it done right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But I kind of learned as I went and um, I kind of, the way that I am managing, I guess, is just seeing what their day looks like and trying to be mindful of that. Like like you said, there's only so much you can do with that. Like, (laughs) sorry, you got to (laughs) do... It's like, I'm sorry, you get paid to do this. I don't know what you want from me. (laughs) I'm sorry I gave you a job duty. Yeah, I feel your your anxiety, but... 
but I've got more. No. Exactly. <laughs> but I have got to give this to you so that I can do the next thing. Exactly. It's, hard. it's not it's like I am right. It's not like I am just giving this to you so that I can't. I don't have to do it. It's just it's part of what we got to do. Mm-hmm. We're a team. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So my next question. So separately from stress, does it? Do you see stress and anxiety separately? And if so, like, what makes you anxious versus stress? And I can give an example real quick, which is, like, social situations. Like, I used to be a lot more, uh, I would say, introverted. um, And people see me a lot more extroverted these days. But uh, I think I am still pretty dang extroverted. And they, they don't see the hidden introvert inside of me so when I'm like at a social situation the whole time like in my brain I'm screaming to myself like what do I say in this situation how do I keep the conversation going and then I'll be like can I just keep asking them questions if I keep asking them questions they just keep talking and I don't have to talk are they gonna laugh at my stupid jokes what if they don't like it's this constant like oh my god what if they hate me what if they I think I have a hard time separating stress from anxiety. Because, okay. um, yeah, I I definitely i am stressed on a day-to-day basis, but I don't know how much of that is my mind running crazy mm-hmm. and making me think. I think my biggest anxiety, um, aside from stress, is not being good enough in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, not being good enough in my relationship, not being good enough in my my job, uh, not being a good enough adult. All of those things is constant running through my brain. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be a difference. Anxiety yeah. versus day-to-day stress. Yep, totally. That makes sense. So then I would just start questioning, like, okay, so what expectations are you holding yourself to? And are those realistic expectations? Uh, I hold myself to the highest expectations that anybody has. Uh, I want to be the best, and I beat myself <laughs> the top up of the when top. I'm not. <laughs> I want to be the best in everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, it's hard just to be like, nah, I'm fine where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I made a but, failure. Sorry. Yeah, right. I'm... <laughs> mediocre at best (laughs) exactly so so my next question then is like do you get autumn so so as a individual from mental health counseling um one of the ways to deal with anxiety is commonly cognitive therapies and one in particular is cognitive behavioral therapy by aaron beck and one of the common things that they look at is automatic thoughts, which are thoughts that people have in response to something that's going on, and it's often unconscious. So it's like assumptions of, say, you fell at a task, you held yourself to a really high expectation that you were supposed to complete this project, but you didn't. And so what assumptions come with that? Like, what, what type of things do you say to yourself? Like, oh, I'm stupid. I didn't do this. I, I'm so bad. I couldn't complete this on time. Do you right. often have those? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people do. So no worries if you do. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
like I said, anxiety anxiety is probably the biggest thing that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, that I struggle with, I should say, on a day-to-day basis. So yeah, when I don't get everything done that I want to get done, it's like, God, why did you take that break? You, you know, you had so much to do, and why are you so mentally exhausted? <laughs> mm-hmm. You just got to keep pushing forward. Why, if you would have just done this, if you would have just done the dishes yesterday, if you would have just, <laughs> you know, stupid things What's like wrong? that with you yeah those type of thoughts (laughs) yep why didn't you (laughs) how could you take a break side of it it's like i am constantly thinking those things which makes me more tired which makes me i can't do those things you know (laughs) exactly yep yep definitely so that so do you feel like any of your those thoughts are are not true are they unrealistic are you holding yourself to like expectations that are not realistic well, yeah, I feel like, well, okay, yes, of course. So I feel like a lot of those are unrealistic, but again, that's another thing for me to beat myself up about. <laughs> God, all why right, do you keep right, yourself okay, to these great. high expectations? <laughs> all right, all right. So so with cognitive behavioral therapy, there are, they call them the three miracle questions, but um, the way to look at it that often works for me, I don't, I mean, other people it works for, but it doesn't work for everybody is, so when you have one of those thoughts, you want to think like, okay, what proof do I have for my rationale? So if you're like, I'm stupid because I didn't do this or I got the answer wrong, it's like, okay, what proof do you have outside of the situation that shows that you are actually stupid? Or what proof do you have showing that this was the wrong thing to do? And then the other one is like, okay, what's another way of looking at it then? So is there an alternative way of looking at this rather than just assuming this is why it's happening? So like in that situation, so say, um, hmm, let's, let's do a situation and kind of base it into that. So say I'm at work and I, I missed an email where I needed to place an order for something and it was a very important order and I completely missed it and a month later the customer's asking for it and crap I missed it right Mm -hmm. so my inner dialogue at that point is like god dang it why didn't you um why didn't you uh remember to do this right you're so dumb for for missing that how could you miss that um, mm-hmm. how does that even work? Like, why, how could you do that? Um, you're so dumb for that. So what, then, uh, what, how would I change that dialogue then? So then I stop myself, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what do, what's the question that I ask to myself? So then you would ask like, okay, other than this situation that occurred, which could it totally does not mean you're dumb whatsoever, but mm-hmm. is there any other proof showing that you're dumb in similar situations? Like, at work, did I make an error, like, multiple times despite people telling me how to fix it? That kind of thing. Okay. So then you, yeah, so I was like, did you, or did you purposefully, all, are you always missing emails or is it just this one time? Exactly. How often yeah. is this situation happening? It's, exactly. And what if it's um, more often than not? For mo- for some people, it could be. How do they yeah. change their their inner dialogue, or even 
how do they change their anxious dialogue um, from telling them that? So then I would, uh, from my point of view, I would want to show them that there's, here's a good example. So last week I was on the phone with an epidemiologist who has a PhD, very intelligent individual, right? Mm-hmm. However, the amount of workload this person had, you could tell they were absolutely overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. when I was on the phone with them, I had I was explaining, I was like reporting that a client had gotten COVID and passed away from it. And I had told this individual the name at least three times, just like seconds ago. But every time she responded, she gave me a different name. And I kept saying, no, it's this person. And they kept giving me the different name. But I could tell she was completely overwhelmed with all of the other reports that she was trying to deal with. And that Mm -hmm. did not reflect on her being dumb whatsoever. So sometimes our brains are just like absolutely overwhelmed. But that doesn't mean that we are dumb or stupid. It just means that we need to slow down and take a break. Okay. So, yeah. So in that case, you're asking yourself the question, are you dumb or were you overwhelmed? Exactly. Was it a bad day or was it, is it that you're just dumb? <laughs> exactly. So, so the, the way that I would look at it is like, I do great work. Look at all of the good stuff that I do. Look at all of the recognition. All of the good stuff totally outweighs the one thing that I forgot. I've done yeah. great work. I'm a human who sometimes makes mistakes, but every single human makes a mistake. And that doesn't have anything to do with my intelligence. Right. So, like, look at, then, yeah, so you're telling yourself at that point, look at how far you've come in in this position. May it be a little bit or a lot of bit, you're telling yourself, look at how other, look at yourself the way that other people view you, because it'll show. You didn't get to this point with this responsibility for nothing. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's reframing. So reframing the situation, looking at the positives and like actually challenging those thoughts and asking yourself, okay, what proof do I have to show that I'm actually dumb? What proof did I have that people don't want to talk to me? Stuff like that. It's really thinking about like, do I actually have proof or is this just me exaggerating things? Is this me assuming things, the worst, the negative things? Yeah. Um, And really recognizing that. It's really hard to do in the moment, and it takes a lot of practice. So, okay, so how about if we were to apply that to, like, a relationship standpoint? Because a lot of times, I know for myself, I get into these anxiety-ridden cycles, I guess. Not, I just am am looping in, Mm -hmm. you're bad wife you don't do enough you know things like that yeah it's not like my husband thinks anything of that he thinks the world of me but I am sitting there telling myself that because we have a fight or because (laughs) we disagree on something (laughs) Mm -hmm. so how do you uh do that so instead I I mean the way that I would do this is I would reframe the situation look at again like the positive so how much How many good things are there to bad things in this relationship? Mm -hmm. How are our dynamics? How how does he make me feel and how do I make him feel? And you can get feedback from him too and check in with him and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. I just need to check in for some reassurance about how you actually feel. Right. So So that you don't have those doubts. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. So one of my biggest worries in a relationship um, is no matter every fight that I get into with with anyone, well, in, in a friendship, in a relationship, in anything, I think for sure that's it. <laughs> They're done with mm-hmm. me. I have annoyed them enough. <laughs> I okay, am so the worst. <laughs> so, what proof would you have for that, though? If you oh. if you say something that I don't know about that, what proof do you have that they're gonna walk away? I don't have any proof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that's, I don't yeah. So that is very common for people just to make those those huge assumptions. And anxiety in ourselves is actually like a way of communicating our needs, and also it's almost like a. Uh, what's the word it's like it's telling us something about our needs so so for example like um it it tells us it's almost like a nag for me it's a nagging parent so so if i did not have anxiety whatsoever i would not get out of the morning uh get out of the bed every morning and go to work because my anxiety says hey michelle if you don't go to work today, you're not going to get money. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're going to be homeless. You're not going to have a car, so on and so on. So in a way, anxiety is also your friend. I know that's really hard to accept for a lot of people, but in a way, it's also your friend. And it's it's also kind of like something where you want to make it your friend if you can. Yeah, okay, so that I get that because I feel like my anxiety, it makes me more productive. And sometimes I almost procrastinate enough to the point where I am so anxious about something. Um, just, and then I'm productive and then I get it done like that. There's nothing, um, I mean, I am just go, go, go at that point in time. So how do I fix that from being a a uh, unhealthy thing to a healthy relationship with anxiety. Yeah, so so unfortunately, I don't think we can ever get rid of anxiety. Uh, <laughs> but I think we can reduce the amount of anxiety is how, how we can look at it. So again, I, anxiety, totally normal human feeling, emotion. It's necessary to us. We need it. It motivates us. It can also do the opposite where it overwhelms us to the point that we can't do anything where like you just want to shut down and distract yourself, which happens mm-hmm. to me on the occasion. And I have to like do some self-talk and say, hey, I know you're overwhelmed, but if you start doing these tasks, you'll start feeling better. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think we can ever get rid of it entirely because, again, it does help motivate and it is trying to tell us something and something that we need to do. Um But what you can do is, again, like, start challenging yourself on the consequences of anxiety. So, so if I have anxiety about something that's unrealistic or something where I'm blowing it out of proportion, I can start uh, breaking down, like, what are the actual consequences of this? So if I'm, like, super anxious about talking to someone and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to, like, become their enemy or I don't want them to, like, hate me. I can look at the consequences of, like, well, if I offend them, like, what's 
what's really the consequences. It's just, okay, they're not my friend. They're just not my cup of tea. So what? I'll move on. I'll find someone who is my cup of tea. Right. Um, like, so, so looking at the consequences closely can help. And then also just like recognizing, Hey, this thing's, I'm feeling anxious right now. Why am I feeling anxious? What is this anxiety trying to tell me right now? Okay. That makes sense. But yeah, can't get rid of anxiety. That is but life. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I found interesting, at least for me, um, is, is grounding techniques when you have anxiety. So I see a therapist. I recommend therapists to everybody, even if they don't feel like they need a therapist. I feel like everybody can use a therapist. Um, but what my therapist is pretty good at is like grounding techniques. And I've never actually done that. So when I started doing that, I felt very different. So when I got anxiety, it used to be very overwhelming to me to the point that like, it just felt like a bunch of feelings and I couldn't recognize what those feelings were, why they were happening, um, what my body was doing in that moment. And then when I started working with my therapist, she started talking about, okay, so when you are anxious, where do you feel it in your body? And so when I started recognizing that, it actually calmed me down because I was able to pinpoint where it was uh, feeling, what was causing it, that sort of thing. And so recognizing that also helped to reduce my anxiety. Just point, like, just thinking about where it is in your body? Yeah, so, so... Yeah, for example, so if you feel anxious, like, I don't know if you're able to channel any anxiety right now, um, but if you can, that's great. So if you can think of, like, a really anxiety-inducing moment mm-hmm. and and recognizing, okay, what's happening inside my body? Am I feeling squeezing in my chest? Is my brain feeling differently? Are my fingers feeling differently? Is my legs, feet, what am I feeling right now? So and if I was feeling of- like, if I... I feel my stress in my heart. Like, I can Mm -hmm. feel it, feel the anxious. It's in my heart. Then it just helps. Just knowing that helps? Or is there something further than that? Yeah, so for me, again, it was like, I just felt so anxious that it just felt so overwhelming because it was like my body was feeling like crap. My brain was feeling like crap. My thoughts were like crap. So being able to almost, like, turn on the light in the dark... It, it helped me recognize, like, okay, I'm feeling tightness and squeezing in my chest right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling lightheaded and, like, uh, almost like a, like a fainting feeling. I feel like my fingers want to move a bunch and want to twitch and do things because I'm so anxious. And me just realizing that reduced some of the anxiety because I realized and was paying more attention to what was going on rather than just letting it overwhelm me. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to try that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I always, I always recommend, like, uh, the classic coping techniques, uh, like, deep breaths. Take some deep breaths if you're feeling very, very anxious. That always helps me. Um, helps a lot of other people. Not everybody, but it does help. Well, I feel like it would help me, too, if I were to, to realize where it was in my body and be like, okay, why are you feeling this way? Start mm-hmm. asking yourself those questions, and then you can kind of pick it apart, and then it's not as overwhelming anymore. Yeah, it <clears throat> turns out it's not as big of a deal as you originally were feeling or thinking it was, and so on. 
Yeah, like, so for instance, like the work problem, say I'm a month behind her. So then, you, like you said, you're like, okay, so what are the consequences of this? Yeah, the, the customer is going to be angry. The person that sent you the email is going to be angry. Uh, you're going to do what you can to, to fix it and life will move on. <laughs> it is Absolutely. not the end of the world. <laughs> exactly. Yep, so looking at those consequences, looking at, like, okay, is this realistic? Am I feeling like I'm actually going to die over this? Like, right. that kind of thing. Because we always blow it out of way more proportion than it actually is. Uh-huh. Um, I would actually be worried if somebody didn't have anxiety because then they are just way too chill. Something's up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah so how yeah how do you stay so calm there <laughs> how do i stay calm oh, not you so, but <laughs> oh yeah the other person other people <laughs> like what is going on with you you're way too calm in this situation are you a psychopath should i be worried <laughs> i'm concerned right now <laughs> yup exactly all right well that's good to know that anxiety feels you have to live with it. You, there's no getting rid of anxiety. Exactly. And it's helpful. It's, again, you, I know it sounds terrible, but if you can make a friend with it, if you can be more able to, like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this way because it's trying to tell me something, something that I need or something that I need to do, and then working with that, and then also challenging, like, what's the actual consequences of this? Like, are they realistic? Is this actually going to be the end of the world, even though it feels like it's the end of the world in this moment? Right. Um, And just looking at, like, the reality of things. And another thing that I I feel like I could work on and, and be better with is getting into those moments and getting into my head and asking help. Asking for mm-hmm. help. Um, because that is something definitely that I struggle with is asking for help. Um, when so I you mean it. like, are you meaning like if you're feeling overwhelmed with like tasks? Yeah. yeah, yeah, with with any tasks. If I have a million tasks, it's gonna be really hard for me to ask for help, and I'm gonna keep it inside until I blow up on someone because that's how <laughs> I work. <laughs> so, so my next question then would be: so, what is the resistance to getting help? Do you think? Uh, I think it's a lack. I just have a hard time trusting anyone else but myself to do anything. And I like to be in control. Okay. And it's hard for me to relinquish that control. Absolutely. So so control is a big thing for people. Control brings a lot of comfort because then it's not chaos. You're not dealing with chaos. You're not dealing with the consequences of other people's mistakes. If you have full control, then you know what's going to happen, and it's predictable. Yeah. And so the challenge is trying to get comfortable with letting go of some of that control. And I have huge control problems. Like, I have to constantly self-talk myself with it. Like, I'm changing positions right now, and leaving my current position has been really hard for me because I'm losing that control, and I'm recognizing that. And... I'm seeing that I'm having some resistance with that, but at the same time, I have to keep telling myself, it's okay. It's going to be okay. They're <laughs> going to do a good job. Like, if you train them right, right, even if they don't do a good job, it's it's not your responsibility anymore. 
it's not a reflection on you if if you've trained them you know it's not oh well michelle sucks (laughs) exactly (laughs) maybe they just suck no (laughs) (laughs) yep and it's it's very hard to let go of that control because because that chaos creates anxiety right so what would you suggest uh uh uh, self-talking your way through that is when something's out of your control and it's not going the way that you a hundred percent um it's not going the way that you would do it <laughs> yep so i in that case if i mean it's great that you recognize that it's a control thing within yourself because uh-huh. then you can start questioning like why am i having so much problems with myself letting go of this and giving the control to someone else like, where is this stemming from? What is causing it? Is it a power issue? Is it a reflection of myself issue? And then you can start challenging those thoughts and working on it that way. Hmm. All right. Sounds good. It's definitely hard work. Uh, okay, great, Michelle. I think you gave us some really um, good places to start. And uh, I think you helped me through a lot, at least. So... Thanks for helping me with my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those emotions that is just so hard to sit with because it's so uncomfortable. And so it takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of time, and it's it's silly to expect yourself to be like, no, I'm gonna turn off my anxiety right now. I'm just I'm just not gonna feel it, which is not normal, not okay. It's that's not the norm. Yeah, um, I think um that's probably the biggest thing that I take from this is the fact that um it's okay to have anxiety yeah it's normal healthy (laughs) it's your friend even if it doesn't feel like your friend (laughs) absolutely awesome well uh thank you everybody for joining our podcast and i hope you enjoyed it uh i know we rambled there for a little bit but that's (laughs) that's kind of our charm so yes indeed (laughs) so thank you for listening again this is our first podcast we'll get better don't worry seriously we will (laughs) come back for the next few because exactly they'll all get better from here we'll get better i promise (laughs) all right uh yeah thanks guys talk to you later all right